There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. To Kill a Mockingbird reopens on Broadway today after a long pandemic hiatus. It's the latest adaptation of Harper Lee's 1960 novel that became an iconic 1962 film starring Gregory Peck as Atticus Finch and Robert Duvall debuting as Boo Radley. I spoke about it with Duvall when he came to the Washington West Film Fest in Virginia in 2016, as well as his legendary career from The Godfather to Apocalypse Now to Lonesome Dove. Hello. Hello, is this Mr. Duvall? Yeah, how you doing? Hey, how are you? It's an honor. Uh, doing good, doing good. Okay, awesome. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, sir. Um, yeah. Now, a lot of our listeners are, you know, probably huge fans of, of your, your movies, but they might not know that, you know, you've lived in right here in our backyard in Virginia for a while. Um, explain uh, your Virginia roots. I know your dad was... Well, you know, well my dad, my dad was from Virginia. He went to the Naval Academy. He went to school in the woods down near Lord, Virginia. He went to the Naval Academy when he was 16 years old. They let him in. He was a career naval officer, and uh, uh, my brother had lived here, so I came back a number of years ago, and... Uh, Bought a farm down here, then I bought another one over near near the plains. And uh, although my uh, both my father and my brother passed away, I uh, I feel very very good to live. I love living in Virginia, and my wife my wife is uh, now a citizen here in the United States, and she considers Virginia to be the last station before heaven. <laughs> so that's a nice it's a nice comment by my wife Luciana. Is this heaven? No, it's Virginia. Oh, that's great. Um, didn't didn't your mom also have some uh, uh, roots in Virginia too, like Robert E. Lee's family? Well, they say I'm related to Robert E. Lee, but I always say so. So is everybody else in Virginia. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but when I when I had the good fortunate and a wonderful opportunity to play the part of Robert E. Lee in Gods and Generals, uh, mm-hmm. all I did was talk exactly like my father from Northern Virginia, with that soft R. <laughs> and out the house, you know, they had a certain way of talking because Lee was reared very much near Alexandria, near where my father was brought up, you know. So, gotcha. uh, Lee, there's a lot of history here concerning Robert E. Lee. It's you know, a lot of good history and uh, a lot of mixed history. And lot of very, very, uh, very troubling times those were in those days, you know, very, very troubling. But my father's people were very pro-Union during the Civil War, and they named my grandfather, Abraham Lincoln Duvall. They wow. were pro-union behind Southern lines. Wow. That's interesting. I always felt kind of nice about that. Wow, yeah, that's fascinating uh, family history yes. there. All right, well, yes. awesome. Well, the reason we're talking, obviously, is because uh, you've thrown your support behind uh, the Washington West Film Fest. Um, when did you first get get involved with them? Well, the, the, you mean the, the people up in uh, in Winchester? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, we, my wife and I, we've known them for a number of years, and uh, they do a wonderful job with foster children, helping 
rear those who don't have a home. And it's, a, it's a wonderfully uh, benevolent uh, place up there for, 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 for young young people coming up that have had, you know, bad upbringing and, and, and look for a new 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 life and new hope. It's, uh, they, they, they do wonderful work to Evans Home. Yes. That's awesome. Why should our listeners come out to, to Washington West? Because I know I think the Middleburg Film Festival is going on the same weekend, but if you ask me, that sort of rising tide raises all boats. Yeah, well, I don't know much about the film festival in, in Middleburg here, but I do know about the one in Reston. A year ago, we, we hosted some people from that festival and had a very wonderful afternoon and uh, dealing with, uh, with those very... Uh, very nice people, very much so. Now, I hear that you're going to have a, a special evening with you on stage where you're going to be introducing some uh, film clips? Yeah, well, you know, uh, <laughs> I've had a lot of film clips. Some of them I want to forget, <laughs> some of them I like, but uh, I hope they pick the best ones. And uh, we'll have a, you know, a conversation, which I always like, with an audience and with the moderator. We talk about this and that in a very informal way. No, nothing judgmental or anything like that. Just to let people know what I do and what the, what what I feel about the business and so forth. You know, it's a. I've been blessed to be in a wonderful, uh, wonderful. Uh, you know, uh, have a wonderful career and a, a great, great, great uh, profession. You know. Definitely. I, I mean, I definitely want to go into some of your movies, but do you do you know um, how much are you aware of of the current slate at this film festival? Do you, are you aware of, of of the different films? Like, are we able to talk about them? No, not not now, but by then I will know. I remember one a year ago by a gentleman from uh, uh, California did a wonderful movie, uh, rather a short movie on uh, wounded warriors. It was just absolutely first rate the filmmaking process. How many years have you been going to the festival? Just one. Okay. Just one. This will be the second year. Yes. Gotcha. So why do you come back? Well, it's nice people, and it, uh, anybody that, you know, is very sincere about filmmaking, and uh, they want to generate new filmmakers and uh, help them out, that's, that's, that's a fine thing. I mean, I know in France alone there's 300 film festivals, so <laughs> there are film festivals all over the world honoring the filmmaking process. It's a very much of a... a very much of a phenomenon going into the 21st century, you know. Yeah, might as well do it in Virginia. They do it in France. We can do it here. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I think also, um, in addition to to your event, um, I think they're going to screen all the president's men for the 40th anniversary, and I'm pretty sure Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein are going to be there. How cool is that? Oh, I, I got a story on Carl Bernstein. I won't tell you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, we want to hear it. <laughs> he, he won't want to hear it, but that's okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But, when I see him, I might tell him. Yeah, you you can tell him to his face. <laughs> right, right. But that's good. They're coming. That, that's good. Yeah, that's that's nice. They could reshow that. They can reshow that. Yeah. <laughs> Dustin Hoffman was a me, my brother, and other guys. And Dustin Hoffman, we were all roommates in New York years and years and years ago at 107th and Broadway. Oh wow. And, yeah, and Dustin went on and became this big star. And then we all had our careers. Gene Hackman and. Uh, so we, uh, you know, a lot of memories, a lot of good, good memories. What were they like back then? What was Hoffman like as a roommate? <laughs> well, he, 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 he was small, and there was a guy named Maureen Stern who was a, a cantor, who was a tall guy, had a thick neck, but Dusty had a big neck, although he was little, and he would steal this guy's shirts <laughs> and put them on and roll the sleeves up, but the, the neck fit perfectly. Oh, that's fantastic. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. Awesome. Well, um, I know if, we, if they come to the festival, um, they'll, they'll get to hear you talk about a bunch of your clips. So let's let's preview a little bit. Um, your first role, amazing debut, Boo Radley with Gregory yeah. Peck in To Kill a Mockingbird. How cool was yeah. it, you know, your first movie to be with Gregory Peck? 
Well, it was nice, and it was Horton Foot was not a mentor of mine, but he certainly helped me early in my career. Horton Foot, and they're doing a wonderful play of his off off Broadway as we speak with his daughter Barbara Halley Foot, which is a lovely production up there in New York. Of, uh, I forget the name of it. Find Find Your Way Home, I think it is. And uh, but initially Horton Foot, uh, who made the adaptation from Harper Lee's book. Mm-hmm. He was the one that uh, helped me get the part, and uh, it was my first part in a major motion picture, and it was a wonderful, wonderful part to play that and be, be and to meet uh, Mr. Gregory Peck, who was a wonderful gentleman, you know, to work with. You know, it was a very good experience. Why do you think that line, when when Scout looks at you behind the door and says, "Hey, Boo," why do you think those two words are still so powerful today? I don't know. It just kind of worked. <laughs> I, I had a theory then, not so much now, that if I got goose pimples, that means I was acting good, so the goose pimple theory paid paid off then. <laughs> All during that whole, especially when I went to see the boy sleeping in the bed, I remember I got goose pimples on my arm, so that's that's kind of a foolproof thing that you're doing pretty good acting, I think. But, you know, it was, uh, it was a good part to play, you know. The, the fact that it was kind of a mute guy that helped save those children's lives at times, it was a wonderful part to be able to play as a as a debut part in, in, in my in my film career. Yeah, and just you, you just can't judge a, a book by its cover. I mean, everyone thought Boo was was the big boogeyman, and he saved the day. Um, yeah, oh, he, he was a good man, good man, yeah. Definitely. And so, all right, you go from working with Gregory Peck in that to all of a sudden with John Wayne as Rooster Cogburn in True Grit. What was uh, what was working with John freaking Wayne like? Well, it was great. The, the director and I didn't get along. I don't get along with a lot of directors, but I do okay. <laughs> John Wayne, he was great working with the Duke. He was, he's wonderful to work with, yeah. He was a good man and a, and a very good natural actor. A lot better than a lot of people gave him credit for. He was an institution unto himself. And, uh, you know, and, and that and that final film he did as Shooters, it was wonderful what he did, you know. So he was a he was a good guy to work with, absolutely. Yeah, I think when you get that big of a persona, that a lot of people, you know, your yeah. your your acting chops almost become underrated. But go back and look at me, like The Searchers, yeah, and man, was, he can. Not, not one of my favorite films that I was in, but right. it was nice to work with him. All right, what was it like working with Robert Altman in Mash? Good, good. I knew uh, Bob Altman, uh, Jimmy Conn, James Conn, and I, who stay friends through the years. One of my only friends I stay friends with. <laughs> we worked with Altman and that, and uh, before that, and and then I got to be in, in Mash. You know, he's great. It was great to work with Altman because he would allow, allow a lot of uh, relaxed, uh, relaxed freedom. Uh, a little improvisation. It wasn't. He, he didn't nail you down like a lot of the old-time directors did. He was one of the new guys that allowed you to kind of search and find yourself within the form in kind of a legitimate way. And he was very good that way with actors. Yeah, more of a, a free-flowing, big ensemble cast. A lot of people mic'd yes. up, just talking all over each other. I, I love his movies. Yes, yes. But uh, obviously, yes. you're the ones everyone knows. You mentioned James Caan, but... Godfather wanted to, man. As a combined piece of work, I don't know if there's a better movie out there. Coppola's a genius. Well, it's certainly an American movie. There are other movies from foreign countries that are wonderful, but right. maybe as far as uh, you know, American films, that that's right up there. Godfather one and two, absolutely uh, wonderful. Do, do you still think about Tom Hagen from time to time? I mean, he, no, pl- not not much. Not <laughs> that. I like the part, but it's not not at the foremost uh, in my mind. Is gotcha. my favorite part, but I liked it. I did like like Orca Coppola, Francis oh. Coppola. There was there was there was Horton Foot in the rural side of things. 
and Coppola on the other. Those two guys were, those two gentlemen were very good to me in my early days in my career. Definitely. I mean, what was it like working across Brando? Tom was always sort of the bearer of bad news. He has to tell Brando that, you know, I thought it was one of your finest acting moments when you have to say Sonny was shot on the causeway. and he Oh, died. yeah, when Sonny, yeah, we yeah. had to do that. Coppola said, you want to do one more take? I said, yeah. Coppola was good that way, you know, and uh, well, it was great work with the brand because he was like kind of like the godfather of to actors to us young guys anyway, you know. Yeah. When we were coming up, we had great reverence for Marlon Brando, you know. Usually that doesn't work necessarily, but, you know, it's good to have idols. And he was like uh, kind of like the godfather of life to many young actors coming up. Definitely. And then and then in part two, you have to go up to Pacino and tell him about miscarriage, which actually we find out it's an abortion. But Pacino just shouts and can't you give me a straight answer anymore? Was it a boy? Um, but I just, you know, what was it right. like working with Pacino as opposed to, say, Brando? Well, that was good. Everybody was good to work. You take what, what, whatever somebody gives you, whatever they give you, you take and you run with it, you know, and you back and forth. Like to me, the beginning and the end of acting, good acting is to talk and listen and listen and talk. And, you know, it, uh, it's not always that easy. It may look easy, but it's not easy. So, you know, whatever they give, you you give back. Do you think that your convo with Frankie Pantangeline about how the Corleones are like the fall of the Roman Empire, do you do you think that sort of sums up that movie? It does what now? What, what the family's like? Yeah. Absolutely not. They're the mafia. Be careful. <laughs> no. I don't know. I don't know. Don't. Don't build them up too much. All right. <laughs> I mean, it's more of a... I mean, uh, yeah. they, they go against each other, believe me. Definitely. You know. What made Coppola such a genius? Coppola, you know, you know, he he wanted to see what you could do. Some of these directors want to say, I work with a director once in a movie, and he said, when I say action, tense up, God damn it. Now, that's the worst thing you can say to an actor. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Coppola, Coppola would see what you want to bring, and then he'd let you build on that, and he'd comment. But he wasn't there to say, oh, do this, do that, pick up the pace, do that. But, you know, he was good to work with Coppola because he was a very creative guy, and he wanted to see, he hired you to see what you could do, not what he would tell you. And sometimes we'd, we'd make we'd carry on and make faces and laugh. He said, come on, guys, we got to be serious now. <laughs> Jimmy Conn, you know, was like, Brando loved Jimmy Conn because Jimmy is so funny. And uh, Brando would read his lines. He'd put little signs of or big posters up, and one day we took uh, the lines away and put a wedding invitation in so we couldn't see it, so they had to stop, and, you know, everybody was laughing, and we'd moan each other, and Cope was coming. Guys, we've got to be serious now. But he knew that that, that sense of humor, that, uh, that, you know, it helped relax the situation. Yeah. So he's, uh, I don't know about other directors, but he was great that way, Coppola. You could mess around, and he'd, he'd, he'd say, okay, uh, that's enough, let's go now. So, so he was he he created a good work atmosphere, and that's 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 one of the main things is to to have a work atmosphere, the opposite of when that director said that when I say action tense up, goddammit. it, right, right. Which is you know, can you imagine saying that to Joe Montana in the Super Bowl? No, you don't tense up. <laughs> tense up is different from intensity. Right. So, uh, but Coppola was good to work. We we had our differences. We you know. But that's fine. If everything's perfectly smooth, perfectly uh, with a sense of equanimity, uh, then uh, sometimes it's boring. But if you have conflict sometimes, and uh, believe me, I've had plenty of conflicts with directors. <laughs> plenty. <laughs> <laughs> 
So so even in the heavier stuff, you you're saying it's sort of light on set. So even like the horse head in the bed. I know you're not there for that, but you're you you set that up with the the stuff with Waltz with trying to get Johnny Fontaine that movie. One of my favorite parts is when you come in with that basket of flowers and you say, "Oh hey, Johnny got the picture," and so we know exactly what happened. <laughs> oh so yeah. yeah yeah yeah. Oh that's just great. Definitely. Um, and uh, in between those two movies, you worked with uh, Coppola, uh, a, a smaller part, but in the conversation with Gene Hackman again. Um, I'll never forget that sh- sort of shot of you, you know, with the, what is it? like? Yeah, a, a... I, just, I just had a small part, but, you know, I like working with Coppola, and Gene was a friend and a wonderful actor, and uh, retired too early, but uh, he just did some lovely work, and that was one of, you know, the conversation. And, that, and Coppola told me that might be his favorite film, The Conversation. Wow. Definitely one of the more underrated, but it's it's brilliant. Yeah, um, lovely film. Lovely you, film. That movie really foreshadowed sort of the surveillance state that we have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, another couple of one. While we're just going through them, Apocalypse Now. Do you do you still smell napalm in the morning? Yeah, right, right. No, not too much. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was interesting playing that part because initially it was a little too much. As they say, over the top, as they say, my character's name was Colonel Carnage. <laughs> but they, they tempered it, you know, to kill Gordon. I got there, they had him dressed in cowboy boots, and I said, no, no, let me do my homework. And the Air Cavalry, which is still in evidence in the museum in Fort Hood, Texas, they did wear uh, cavalry hats, cross sabers, boots with spurs, kind of like the cavalry of the last century that went into he- uh, helicopters and tanks. In this in the, in the following century, so uh, I, that air cavalry, I, I did my homework and and then find out and Coppola let me find that you know to 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 do my research and come up with that that was different from the actual script to dress like the air cavalry officers, which they you can see that in the museum down in Fort Hood, Texas now. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I think you almost steal steal the movie. Talking, you know, there's b- explosions going off, and you're just talking about how good the waters are to surf. <laughs> you want to go surfing? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right, 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 right. Do you remember delivering that line, the napalm in the morning? Like, did, did you have any idea it would take off as like a pop culture staple? Uh, no, but I remember it now. I remember I, I kind of knelt down and I, what, 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 you know, what it does. Uh, I forget this, but and and. I realized that the help that I got just through memory, when I was in the service in the Army, I remember how the special service officers stood and talked and knelt and dealt with each other. So I, I remember those images when I was at, at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. And uh, I, that kind of influenced me in that whole, particularly in that, that part of my performance when I, when I said those lines. Uh-huh. And they pump in the morning, sounds like victory. Oh, I love it. Um, awesome. Sidney Lumet, uh, Patty Chayefsky, Network. Uh, I loved your role in that one as the, as the, yeah, the I Network. Yeah, I did okay. <laughs> okay. Not, not one of my favorite films, but it was, it was nice. Yeah, it was nice to be able to do. Nice to work with uh, Bill Holden. Great guy to work with. Great guy. Bill Holden is a good actor, and, and whenever a woman would come on the set, his antenna would go up, boy. I mean, he'd, like to have, he'd like to have the ladies around. He was terrific, that guy. How much did, I mean, did, 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 did the idea of, like, uh, you know, Howard Beale, that Peter Finch character, did that? How much of Howard Beale sort of came true? You guys predicted cable TV in a lot of ways. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Uh, how do you mean? Uh, how do you mean, like? Well, just uh, it's sort of gone from uh, just a couple networks uh, doing more hard news, and, and now it's, you know, it's these really lively personalities like Beale. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, the news today, I get up in the morning and I watch them. I mean, my, my mind goes in circles. What am I watching this for? <laughs> I do. But I do. It's kind of interesting to see the different shows, you know. Everybody's an authority on everything, you know. Does it make you mad as hell and you can't take it anymore? <laughs> no, not so much. All not right. so much. You just got to roll with the punches. All right, Tender Mercies. You got to over, if you ask me, a long overdue Oscar by that point. But what are your memories of that movie? Well, when I got the Oscar, it was nice. As soon as, uh, well, that one Dolly Parton said, and the winner is, I knew I'd want it because she was into country music. I knew then that that was okay, you know. Because <laughs> I was the only other contestants, the nominees were from Britain, from England. Yeah. So it was nice to win in something that Horton Foot, you know, made the adaptation once. Oh, no, it was the original screenplay, actually, that he mm-hmm. wrote. Horton Foot once again. Robert Duvall loves him some Horton Foot, man. Uh, that's awesome. Um, the Natural, Barry Levinson, uh, just one of those magical, you know, magical. Yeah, good director. I enjoyed working on that. I did, you know, up in Buffalo, New York, and uh, we said, "Oh, Bobby can't come to the phone. He's in. The, he's in. He's swimming. He's, he's in. The, I'd be in one of the Great Lakes, the beautiful Great Lakes up there. I rented a house on the on the, uh, the on on the Canadian side that a priest owned and that. I rented out from that from the priest oh. on that side of the uh, uh, you know the Canadian border, yeah. and all I remember was it was nice living there and good Chinese food on that on the Canadian side. <laughs> we, we love to eat. Oh, that's great. <laughs> what was what was Robert Redford like on set when he wasn't swimming? <laughs> well, good. He's kind of, kind of a loop, kind of unto himself. He had a lot to do. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine to work with. Yeah. I, I don't know him that well. We we rode horses years ago. When they had the, uh, that film festival up in Utah, mm-hmm. and I remember riding on his, uh, you know, on the ridge near his farm, his ranch there, the beautiful country there. Sun, Sundance. And, uh, Sundance. Yeah, Sundance. Yeah, I, I went to Sundance in the very early years, the very early years. Mm-hmm. I haven't been back a lot since then, but in the very early years, I went there several years and did certain things, and we had some little directing and acting uh, symposiums or whatever you want to call them. And, yeah. uh, but, you know, he's... I, I didn't become a like a, a close friend or anything. But he was always very amicable and pleasant uh, to work with. You know, he was. And speaking of riding horses, um, Lonesome Dove, um, that that great TV miniseries. What are your memories of that? I mean, that was working, you know, in in a longer form. And this was before TV totally took off like it is today. I mean, TV is they say a golden era now, but you know, I think Lonesome Dove was was a, sort of a, a pioneer in terms of like a long form oh, yeah, storytelling. Absolutely. Sixteen weeks, and uh, I walked into the uh, commissary one room uh, one day in Lonesome Dove. I said, "Boys, we're making the Godfather of westerns," you know. <laughs> and years later, when I was made an honorary Texas Ranger by Hank Whitman, uh, you know, it was a nice evening, and a woman came up because that's like a, a Bible in Texas. People gather once a year with families to watch it. A woman came over to me and says, Mr. Mr. Duvall, I like your character of Augustus McRae and Lonesome Dove. She said, I would not allow my daughter's fiancé to marry into the family until he had seen Lonesome Dove. <laughs> <laughs> so it's quite a statement, you know, and quite a, quite a cultural phenomena in Texas and other places, too. Definitely. Um, falling Down with Mike Douglas. Oh, yeah, it's so... It's so long ago, it's hard to remember. <laughs> You've done that so many. With, uh, uh, with uh, Douglas, Michael Douglas, right? Yeah, Joe Schumacher. Yeah, it was, it was nice. Yeah, it was a nice film to make with uh, the director and all. Yeah, it was it was, a, it was a good job, a good job. I look at it as a really good job, yeah. Well, we, we could go through... But, but you know, I, I, I like television, too. I mean, 
one of the so two of the parts I liked very much that people never mentioned was was uh, wrestling Ernest Hemingway, where I played a Cuban barber, <laughs> and then and then one of my favorite parts in a strange way was when we actually filmed in the Kremlin when I played Joseph Stalin. Oh wow! Years years ago, first time, and uh, I never I heard that uh, Nikita Mikhailov's father liked it very much, who had served eight times under Stalin. But the, what really I, I think about was that there was a gentleman, an older fellow, that his his small apartment was stacked with books of Stalin. The Russian guy, he hated yeah. Stalin. Yeah. And when I, went, when I went back, he said, he said, I did it, I made it. And that was a great, great compliment coming from this student, long-time student, this hater of Stalin, Joseph Stalin. So that was a, a part I liked. And once again, it was television, but sometimes... Television offers things. People don't do television because it's not like a film. But now a lot of people do do television, you know, because television has gotten very good again. Oh, yeah. It's 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 the place to be now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. That's awesome. Um, so those are those two TV roles are, are ones that we should go back and check out, sort of the hidden gems of the Duval career. All right. Um, is there any particular scene or two that you, you're most proud of as an actor of all of the Well, there were, there were sort of some scenes I liked, yeah, more than others, obviously. You know, I mean, uh, as a part, I, I always like to lean back towards uh, Augustus McRae and Lonesome Dove, but mm-hmm. uh, there were different... Uh, when, when actors talk about other actors, they say, well, he had good moments. <laughs> I had good... And, and I don't think critics are... Other people, people on the street necessarily know what that is. Even when they see it, they might. But uh, other actors see what what kind of moments a, an actor might have, and 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 gain respect of his peers in, in certain scenes and certain films. But uh, I've I've had some I think some good moments, quite a few moments in certain films. All the films, so some of them, as I said before, we'll forget about. But yeah. uh, you know, there've been some you know. I've had some good moments in the films. I'd, I'd have to think about it a little bit. <laughs> I have to say, Lonesome Bell was my favorite. Also, when I did American Buffalo on Broadway. Oh, awesome. Directed by Ulu Grossbart. That was one of the highlights. Because I felt I... I never collect reviews, but I understand that that and Lonesome Bell, I got very good reviews. So, but that... Well, what, what about in your most recent Oscar nomination, The Judge? Um, underrated yeah. in my mind. What were your moments in that, you think? I enjoy working in that. I did. I enjoyed working with Robert Downer and his wife. He's terrific to work with as an actor and his wife as as producers. They're very, very good, you know. And uh, Billy Bob was in there and Fenafrio uh, and uh, and we had good people. And it was it was a, an interesting script. And I and I enjoyed doing that part of very much the judge. You know, yeah, it's a nice part. You know, I could really kind of unleash within. Uh, controlled moments, you know, certain emotional things that uh, come from me and not just out of one's head, you know. <laughs> Doing a courtroom drama like that, it almost sort of, it almost felt like you came full circle to, to, to Kill a Mockingbird, only now you were Atticus Finch in the in the courtroom, you uh, know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. exactly. No, no, I was no, I wasn't Atticus Finch. No. <laughs> not exactly, yeah, but I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, cool, awesome. Well, um, God, thanks so much. This, you've been more than generous with well, your time. Yeah, nice talk. Now, you'll be there uh, next week? Yes, I'm, I'm definitely going to come uh, for, 
for for your event and maybe maybe that uh, a couple other ones. In terms of your actual event, do you know yeah. which which clips are you going to show? Which movies? Do you know? They don't always pick the ones I want. I wish they'd pick Stalin. I wish they'd pick the. Uh, uh, the one where I played the Cuban barber, but they never do. Right. They picked the obvious ones, which are okay, you know. But, uh, you know, I don't know which ones they're going to pick. I don't know. Right. So. Thanks so much for joining us. This was an honor. Okay, sir. Thanks. Nice talking to you. You too, sir. Thank, th- thanks a lot. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.